Welcome to IEQ Radio, the voice of the indoor air quality industry. Yes, the rules have changed. Changed. Good day wherever you're listening from, and welcome to Indoor Air Quality Radio, IAQ Radio, for Friday, October 24th, 2008, episode 100. comes to you from Studio B in beautiful Coriopolis, Pennsylvania. My name is Joe Hughes, or Radio Joe, and here with me in the studio is the Z-Man, Cliff Slotnick. It's always a pleasure, Joe. Good day, Cliff. And at the controls is the wingman, Chris Boisel. Good afternoon. Good day, Chris. We've got our technical director, and we're going to uh, turn the tables today for show 100. Glenn Fellman is going to interview uh, Cliff and I, and I understand we may have some surprise guests on. We'll see what happens. We're also going to have the microband trivia question. We'll have a little halftime report. We'll uh, go back to the interview, then we'll do the roundup. Please check out that weekly blog at www.iaqradio.com, and you can answer the trivia questions at the same address. We're getting some good action on the trivia questions. We also are adding some links to previous shows and other information we've gathered ab- over the past couple years, so check it out at iaqradio.com. Before we hand it over to Glenn, or actually go to the microband trivia question first, uh, let's thank our sponsors, Cliff. Legends Environmental Insurance Services, the experts in insurance for environmental consultants and contractors for over 20 years at legends-enviro.com. Microband Systems, the microbial management company at microbandsystems.com. Indoor Environment Connections, the newspaper for the IEQ industry. Subscriptions and advertising information available at ieconnections.com. Dry Ease Products, providing equipment for drying water damaged homes and buildings. Dry Ease is first in drying solutions at dri-eaz.com. And John Don Products, where restoration and abatement contractors shop at jondon.com. Please be sure to thank our sponsors for their support of IAQ Radio when you inquire about their products and services. All right. Contact information, you can call 724-444-7444. Our show ID is 1547. All you have to do is press 1 to join the show. You can also download previous shows by going to that iaqradio.com website and follow the link that says go to the show or you can get the show from iTunes. You can also get your IICRC continuing education credits or IAQ council renewal credits by emailing me and requesting a quiz. 
You can email me at joe.hughes at iaqtraining.com. That's H-U-G-H-E-S. You can also make requests, suggestions, ask to be a guest, or recommend guests by emailing me or the Z-Man at cliffzlotnick at unsmoke.com. That's Z-L-O-T-N-I-K. Last but not least, please visit the IAQ Training Institute website for the most current training for the training you trust at iaqtraining.com. All right, let's turn it over to Cliff for the microband trivia question. Thanks, Joe. Congratulations to Jerry Cronin. from Prevent Mold Now. Uh, he answered trivia question number 96. The answer to that question was artillery fungus. Jerry, please send us your contact information so we can send you the gift. Dan Reed, uh, Intuitive Enviro Solutions, question number 98. Close, but no cigar. Uh, we gave you a, another hint today. Okay, the microband trivia question for Friday, October 24th, 2008. The Mafia Commission trial, February 1985 to November 1986, was a criminal trial in New York City. Using evidence obtained by the FBI, 11 organized crime figures, including heads of New York's so-called Five Families, were indicted by U.S. Attorney General Rudolph Giuliani under the RICO Act of Charges, including extortion, labor racketeering, and murder for hire. The New York Commission bosses all received sentences of 100 years. Speaking of 100 years, today's trivia question is, what is the traditional Italian toast translated as health for 100 years? Okay. All right, Cliff. Well, we're going to turn things over to our frequent contributor, uh, Glenn Fellman, editor of IE Connections, Indoor Environment Connections, or publisher, I should say, of Indoor Environment Connections, and the IAQA's executive director. Let's, uh, we have some intro music for Glenn. Leader of Men, do we have you on the line? Hello, Joe and Cliff. How are you today? Excellent, Good. Glenn. How are you, sir? I'm doing great. Congratulations. 100 episodes of IAQ Radio is an amazing accomplishment. Oh, we're feeling old. <laughs> feeling old. Feeling old. Well, I'm glad to turn the tables on you guys today and interview you about IAQ Radio and some of your greatest experiences and moments from the last 100 episodes. And I, have, I can really relate to, to today's uh, occasion. Back in February, we published the 100th edition of Indoor Environment Connections newspaper. And I remember sitting in my office uh, one winter afternoon with 100 newspapers around me in big stacks and going through them and looking at all the articles and all the people who contributed and, and really being astounded. And I had a similar experience, and I know you guys did too, uh, this week, going back through 100 episodes, and I can't wait to get into it and talk to you about those episodes and, and some of the highlights and, and things like that. But 
So let's start at the beginning. Uh, whose idea was IAQ Radio, and how did the show actually become a reality? I've got to give the credit to the Z-Man. Cliff? <laughs> okay, well, what, what happened was on, on Saturday, uh, I was actually on my way to religious services, and I was listening to this uh, business show, and there was a fellow that, that does the show, and he had talked about an investment that he made in a technology company called TalkShoe. And this investment was going to uh, allow the company to move forward, and their idea was to allow people to do their own talk show on the radio. And I thought that this would be something for, be a lot of fun for, for Joe and I to do, and I mentioned the idea to him, and he just jumped right in. So the rest is history. Well, that's quite a story. I never knew that. Now, uh, when you guys got this show started, uh, and we're in episode number one, which I listened to in preparation for today, Joe, you introduced that show by saying something very interesting. You said, and I'm quoting, you said, we are here today because we are introducing a new way to communicate, discuss, and educate anyone interested in healthy indoor environments. My question for you, how well have you met that goal? I think we've done a pretty good job. Uh, we've, we've uh, as you mentioned today, Glenn, you, you know, earlier, looking through the past 100 shows, I was, I was really happy to see the types of guests, the diversity of topics, and I know that, uh, you know, listening to the shows myself, I do have to go back and listen to them, actually, because sometimes you don't catch everything you, you would like to hear, but uh, I think we've done a really good job of, of communicating with people, discussing these ideas, and helping to educate people about the healthy indoor environments. You know, I think I might add, I think in many ways we've exceeded really uh, expectations. I think the quality of the show has improved. Uh, you, know, the, you know, the format's kind of changed, and we've been pretty adaptive in terms of, you know, trying to see what works and kind of adapting along the way. And it's got easier, too, I'll tell you. I mean, once you get up and running, you know, when you're first starting, Glenn, and, and I really want to thank some of those early guests like Nick Money and, and Harriet Burge and Tom Yacobellis that, you know, they didn't know what whether we had five or ten listeners or whatever, and, and they came on the show, and they were great sports about it. And now we get guests, you know, we get emails every week with people suggesting guests or people requesting to be on the show. Well, I know a lot of your listeners are people who come from within the IAQ industry. What about consumers? What about, uh, you know, Joe Public? Do you hear from building owners or homeowners that, you know, hey, we're listening to the show too and we're learning about indoor air quality? You know, I get a few. I don't get as many as, as I would hope. We, I guess we may, maybe aren't doing as good of a job of getting the information out to them, but I do get some, and, and some of them are kind of interesting. Um, I will get people who will email me about previous guests, and they will uh, have either positive or negative comments about that guest. It's, it's kind of interesting, <laughs> and they will, they will refer me to websites about things that have happened with that guest and so on. So, yeah, we, we do get the general public in as well. That's great. Now, you also said something in Episode 1 that was interesting. You said, and you, you emphasized this, that you intended to have a lot of fun on the show, and there is a lot of laughter. I know it's fun. What sticks out in your mind as, as some of the funniest moments on the show? Cliff? You know, I think that, first of all, it, it, it's, it's fun to do the job. It's fun to do the show. I think that we have good 
good chemistry, I think, between Joe and I and, and Chris and uh, the guests. And, you know, probably I don't think there's a show that we've ever done that we haven't gotten uh, some laughs. It's just kind of hard to specifically, you know, pick what would be the funny moments. I think we've got a couple of clips and so on and so forth, uh, you know, that we would talk about. I, I think that probably uh, just Mac Pierce, I think, in, in interviewing him twice on the show, he just always comes up with, uh, you know, humorous. Um, I think we've got one clip, yeah, yeah, the, the, uh, the rain one. Well, go ahead if you guys That's want a to. Go for it. That's a Steve That's a, this is a Joe Steebrook clip. Is there a single most important building science concept for North America? Yeah, keep the rain out of your damn building. Okay. <laughs> okay. Right. Anybody not get this? <laughs> <laughs> Apparently everybody. There's, there's quite a few that don't get it. Yeah. Right. Just about every show, Glenn, we, we've gone back through and we've had something like that occur. And, and I've got clips like that. I use them in my uh, in my training courses, and it's, it's really... Uh, it's funny when you go back and you listen to some of that, but I do think I have to agree with Cliff. Um, the one I use with Mac is pretty good, and we'll put that one on for halftime. Right, and and actually, if you want to listen back, uh, his take on a consulting project that we did together on something called HLS, uh, I'll just call it Halloween-looking stuff, is just hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, Cliff, you 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 reference the the chemistry that exists there in in your studio amongst you and Chris and Joe and, and the other people involved and, and that chemistry is, is very evident to the to the listener. Pardon the pun on chemistry. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay. But uh, seriously, you guys do work well together and it seems to come naturally. What is it about you guys that makes you so compatible as hosts? I think in many ways we're opposites and I think that's one of the ways uh, you know that we kind of have an attraction to one another. Yeah, I would I would second that. I also think it's it's really a lot of fun to work with someone who you know we we also in the first show and and since then have tried to emphasize we're focusing on three separate industries within the overall indoor air quality industry and that would be disaster restoration building sciences and indoor air quality and i've really enjoyed working with someone who is really probably one of the pioneers in the disaster restoration industry with and that's cliff so and and i've done a lot of indoor air quality stuff and we both dabble in the building science, so uh, it's it's been a nice uh, mesh and a good chemistry. Well, you know, I, on a few occasions, one or the other of you can't make a show because you're traveling or you have an important business meeting or so forth, and, and you're very faithful about producing the show every Friday at noon. So occasionally one of you hosts the show solo. Do you find that a lot harder than when you have your partner there? No, not really. I think it's pretty much, it's pretty much the same because in certain situations, it's not really solo. Either Joe's called in or I've called in, and then sometimes it is solo. But no, it's. I think we're both comfortable with doing it. Yeah, I think we are at this point. It's a little more research for for the one you know one of us because there is quite a bit of research before the show. So that week, I you know I put a little more time aside for research because I I can't lean on Cliff to help me with the you know half of the research because. Um, and I know he's not going to be available that week, but in general, it, it goes pretty well. well that's, uh, that's, that's pretty evident from listening. Now, I want to talk a little bit about some of the other folks involved in this show. 
the wingman, Chris Boisel. Who is Chris Boisel, and what does he actually do? Better? We're trying to figure that out ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously. What are the technical requirements for producing the show, and, and, and how do, what does Chris do? Well, we're, we're sitting here with a mixing board and three computer, actually four computers and uh, microphones and uh, I don't screens. know what the heck this thing is here right. and screens and uh, right. Cliff and I are Help, helpless. Uh, yeah, we're, helpless. I was going to say challenged, but uh, I would say helpless. Well, you're so. challenged. I'm helpless. <laughs> so, Chris, uh, Chris holds all that together. And uh, prior to Chris, of course, we had uh, Cliff's son, Zach, who was uh, a really integral part of helping get the show up and running. And he left us here in, in really good shape. We've uh, made some changes since then. But uh, it's it's something that we I couldn't do the show without Chris or someone like Chris here. It's just, uh, and many people do, by the way, on Talk Shoe, I think it's rather unusual. And if anybody goes to Talk Shoe, there are thousands of people who do these shows, but very few who do shows the way we do, and very, very few who actually have someone help them with the technical part. I think we got, start, I, I think we got started on it because when we first went there, uh, we wanted to do music and so on and so forth. And actually, one of the employees of TalkShoe uh, kind of told us what was required in, in order to do it. And then we just decided that, yes, we'll kind of try to do that. And originally, we tried with the computer. And, you know, I think in some ways they gave us some bad information. <laughs> and, you know, we've kind of sorted it out. And I think at this point, I would suspect that our equipment and everything is probably even more sophisticated than what we were using when we were in their studio. I would say so. Well, I know from listening to other talk show broadcasts that the quality of this program um, is, is vastly superior to the majority of them out there. Well, now, that, Chris, if I'm not mistaken, he's also uh, he's the acronym policeman. When we right, when someone right, throws out an acronym right. without a, uh, uh, saying that the full name of the organization, we get a little siren. Yes, get that sir. Siren there. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. So who, who who who's got the most citations, Chris? Is it Cliff or is it Joe or is it a guest? Uh, I don't know. That's pretty hard to say. I don't think I've ever thrown it on Cliff or Joe, but there's a lot of the guests out there who've gotten it quite a few times. It's amazing. I know I've gotten it a few times. Yes, you have. <laughs> you may be Not only one. have I gotten it, but uh, someone else gets it quite a bit, which is our good friend Dr. Dietrich Weil. Right. Now, uh, Dieter has played a very important role on this show since the first episode, and he's a wonderful man. When I talk to people about the show, they always comment about Dieter and really favorably. He's, he's charming. He's, he's so full of wisdom. Uh, what makes Dieter so special to you guys, and what makes him so special for this show? Well, I'd, I'd like to take that to start with. Dieter is like, uh, he's like my second father. My father passed away back in 91, and um, even though I tend to be his father when we're at the bar and somebody's buying the drinks <laughs> but uh that's because he's out with me and uh he's working with iaq training i'm just kidding him there but uh i think the thing i really appreciate about dieter is his positive attitude he always comes in with a positive attitude i've never dieter has never embarrassed a guest he's never made anybody look bad and every show I've, I've never heard Dieter not say, you know, I learned something today, and he's one of the most brilliant people I've ever met, but he's smart enough to know that you can always learn something new. 
I think part of it's the European accent. I, I think the other is he's done a lot of things in his life and he's been pretty experienced and he tends to always be able to relate something that a guest said or in the, you know, to some experience that he's had either in college or you know, growing up in Germany, et cetera. Or at the University of Pittsburgh right. or at Bayer. Yes, sir. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right. Okay. All right. Well, we're going to hear from Dieter later on in the show. I know he's going to be joining us. Absolutely. Is awesome. Now, when, when, when you guys have a guest coming on this show, especially if it's someone who um, has a really broad range of experience, they've been in the our industry for decades, they've made a ton of contributions. You get those guests on the show, and there's never a loss for words. You guys always have a lot of really compelling questions. You get to the heart of the issue. I have to think you're doing a lot of preparation. Tell me, how long does it take to prepare for a show? I don't know, it probably takes me four or five hours a week uh, to prepare for it. What we normally do is uh, if we try to get some biographical information. We try to look at what they've written. We go to the company websites. Uh, in certain situations, we've had guests that have also been on other radio interviews. I've actually gone and listened to some of those interviews, uh, etc. Then, as far as the music goes, we try to tie in music and trivia, uh, you know, to the show as well. But it's, I would say, you know, four to six hours a week is what it takes me. Yeah, I'd second that. Uh, maybe longer with some guests, and that's probably only because I I learn so much while I'm researching these guests and reading some of the papers they've written, uh, going to their website. I you know we obviously use Google searches and so on to check out what the guests have done, and sometimes I'll call other people that know that guest as well to um, get recommendations for questions and so on and so forth. Um, so that, hopefully that answers your question. Also, sometimes they, they, they've written books, and we've actually purchased the books that they've, uh, you know, that they've purchased. Let me give you one. Uh, I'll tell you what. The toughest interview I ever prepared for was Don Weeks and the Green Book. I had to read that son of a gun in about a week, and it's a, it was long. But I did it, and uh, it, that was probably more like a 50-hour preparation there. Uh, that's quite a, quite a feat there. I have the book sitting on my desk, and I haven't gotten a third of the way through it. Now, I think we have a guest online, too, and if so, uh, he's a person who um, has also been a former guest here, and uh, I'd like to bring him on. Is that we do that, Chris? Sure. He's on. Get her he's done. On. Get, right. get her done. Get her done. <laughs> I know who that is. <laughs> Andy Oss, the president of the Indoor Air Quality Association. Andy, thanks for joining us today. Uh, hey, on behalf of the Indoor Air Quality Association, let me congratulate uh, Cliff and Joe on uh, on their 100th anniversary. Thank you very much. Thank you, Andy. And thanks oh, for joining us. And, uh, is, um, now, has, has, has Joe been on for the full 100 years? <laughs> the 400 shows, yeah, pretty much. Oh, 100 shows, okay. <laughs> Not 100 years. Andy, you're still uh, one of my favorite guests. Well, I, 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 I look forward to this. This is a real honor being part of this today. Well, Andy, Andy, in addition to, to doing a lot of things, uh, put out a book recently called H2NO, Mechanical Systems and Moisture Control, which is a great read. you got to bring him back on. Uh, uh, soon to bring uh, to discuss that book. It's a, it's an awesome one, Joe. You'll have to read another textbook, but trust oh, sir, me, okay, okay. I'm about 
three chapters in. That one's a little, there's some chapters that are a little, uh, going to, I'm going to have to read other books to understand some of it. Most of it's very easy to understand for laymen, and I, I highly recommend it just from what I've read so far and, uh, and what I've leafed through. But I have a feeling there are some challenging chapters in my future. A compliments on the name. I think it's really a creative name. It is. Yeah. Hey guys, it was uh, that, that was a that was that was fun. Hard hard work and fun. Uh, I'm 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 really pleased that's out, and I uh, I'm pleased you guys are reading it. Well, Andy, thank you so much for coming on today and uh, and congratulating these guys. I know you're busy. I appreciate it very very much. And it was a big surprise. Yeah, it was. Thank you, Andy. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I, is, uh, is is Dr. Weil there? Or, uh, he is. Hey, you want to talk to him? Yeah. Oh no, that's okay. I just want to tell you that I, I think the, um, you know, in addition to all of the, you know, the contributions you've made to indoor air quality, great relationship with the Indoor Air Quality Association. Um, I think the main thing I've learned from this show is don't ever make the Germans mad at you. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Thank Andy. Take care, right? Bye-bye. Uh, it's great to hear from Andy. And, you know, Andy is just one of, of so many phenomenal guests that you've had on this show. I mean, really, the, the, the guest list uh, of IAQ Radio's first 99 episodes is it's a who's who's list of the IAQ and disaster restoration worlds. Your guests have included presidents of the industry's most influential trade groups and professional societies, the real cutting-edge IAQ researchers, you know, the gurus of building science, uh, the distinguished medical professionals, leaders of business and industry. I mean, it's, it's an amazing list. Uh, you go to iaqradio.com and just scroll down. How do you get these people? I mean, is it, is it difficult to get guests for the show? I think sometimes it is. I think sometimes people are generally shy. Uh, you know, one of the favorite segments that I've had in the show is actually the pioneer segments going back in history. And, you know, we've had people like Major Long and uh, Martin King and uh, Lloyd Weaver. And some of those people were a little shy. You know, they've actually retired and, uh, you know, they thought that, you know, somehow we were going to embarrass them and, and so on and so forth on the show. And, you know, we just told them that, you know, we're really careful. Uh, yeah, we try to get them questions in advance, you know, whenever we can, and try to prevent them from being bush being bushwhacked. Uh, we try to do the show fair and balanced. You know, sometimes guests may not agree with one another, and we've even divided that between different shows so that you know we could, uh, you know, prevent fireworks, et cetera. We we do try to show both sides. I won't use the uh, the Fox News uh, uh, promo for it, but uh, that's another one of our. Uh, yin and yang things here but i do want to mention glenn it has gotten so much easier we're getting people calling about their bosses or emailing about their bosses and and as we go through i'd like to start with some of the mds we've had on the show there was uh, dr olet dr sublet dr zelikoff dr shoemaker it's just fascinating the people that we've had and i want to make sure that i thank some of these people as we go through so if anybody gets a chance they were all excellent shows do you ever do you ever have someone who comes on the show and is really shy or someone who's reluctant to come on the show because they say i'm just i'm not a radio person i'm not a person to be on the voice and, and if so how do you overcome that 
Um, I, I think that we just had some people that were shy. Uh, you know, thinking back, the hardest guest that we ever got was Richie Shoemaker. We wanted him for a long time. That's right. And actually, we got him by getting other guests, Sharon Kramer and other people, right. to actually lean on him and, uh, uh, and and get him. But he was the most he was the most difficult guest. And I don't know that he was shy. I just think he was busy. Uh, and really he wasn't busy. sure about uh, you know exactly. Well, he wasn't shy. He was very outspoken. <laughs> <laughs> we actually had to do a two part show with uh, Doctor Shoemaker. Fascinating stuff. Very good stuff. Well, I know he was. He he had some some very very interesting things to say. Which other guests, you know, really stick out in your mind as as offering truly profound opinions or or just saying something really compelling that that just really made you think or or maybe even made you change the way you do something. Oh, I'll tell you, I've had. I could go down the list here. Um, when it comes to my indoor air quality people, people like uh, Felicia Cienciarulo, uh, Dr. Richard Shaughnessy was on, uh, Don Weeks did some excellent stuff. Uh, he's, he's, he was very helpful. Uh, we've had Holly Bailey on. We, uh, Thad Goddish, I thought, was someone who really had some good practical information for our listeners. Uh, Chin Yang, I, I had never had the opportunity to sit down and speak, you know, at length with Chin Yang, and and that was, you know, Dr. Yang was tremendous, uh, Dr. Burge, and then what's interesting is some of these folks have the opposite opinions on the same subject, like Nick Money and Harriet didn't quite agree on the uh, spore fragments and issues of that nature, and then we've got, you know, John Tiffany. Here's another pioneer in the indoor air quality world. Uh, Bob Brandis was on the show twice now. Jeff May, uh, we could we could go on and on. It is an amazing guest list. It, it, it looks like, in some cases, uh, you know, the speakers list at some of the best conferences I've ever attended. It looks like the list of authors and some of the most respected journals that are out there in the industry. It is a, a really impressive group. Let me add a few, Glenn, because I think your question was more to, like, who we learned from, I think, and, and I am not as knowledgeable as I would like about building sciences, and um, I would say that group was very interesting. In, in fact, I still use some of the clips in my, in my training courses. Uh, Joe Steebrook, of course, we had Terry Brennan on, we had Lou Harriman on, Andy Osk, of course, who was just uh, with us not long. And last week, Bob Went, who I had never talked to before, had some very interesting information. Well, that's excellent. Hey, listen, I think we're about at the halftime, so I'm gonna turn the show back over to uh, Chris and to you guys, run the halftime segments. When we come back after the break, uh, I've got a lot more questions for you. We're going to get into some of the specific guests. We're going to get into a lot of fun conversations about things that have happened over the last 99 shows. So let's go ahead and take our halftime break. Listeners, don't go anywhere. There's important information to hear. Right. And uh, we'll come back after the break. Let's do the halftime. Uh, we don't have a music. Uh, let's do the clip. Flashback. Bacteria have to be cultured in order to identify them. They're too small to look at in the microscope and know which one they are. You have to culture them and see what they'll grow on and see what their nutritional requirements are. I've read somewhere that we can culture about 1% of all the bacteria in our own bodies. 
and 1% of the ones we find in the soil outdoors as well. So we're just scratching the surface of that kingdom. What we do know is that the bacteria outnumber and outweigh all the other organisms on Earth. They actually, the number of bacteria in your body can outnumber the cells in your body. You're, you're, you're alive. <laughs> you're, you're a zoo. <laughs> it's interesting, Mac. That's Mac Pierce, for, for those of you that don't know. you got to listen to Mac Pierce. Let's thank our sponsors, Cliff. Legends Environment. I'm sorry, Legends Environmental Insurance Services, the experts in insurance for environmental consultants and contractors for over 20 years at legends-enviro.com. Microband Systems, the microbial management company at microbandsystems.com. Indoor Environment Connections, the newspaper for the IEQ industry, subscriptions and advertising information available at ieconnections.com. Dryease Products, providing equipment for drying water-damaged homes and buildings. Dryease is first in drying solutions at dri-eaz.com. John Don Products, where restoration and abatement contractors shop at jondon.com. Please be sure to thank our sponsors for their support of IEQ Radio when you inquire about their products and services. All right. Next, uh, at the halftime, we promised uh, Glenn that we would bring Dr. Dieter in to say hello. So let's uh, unmute Dr. Dieter. And we've got a surprise guest, guest three. I don't know who that is, but uh, Glenn told us we had a surprise. So let's unmute both Dieter and guest three, please, Chris. Yes, I am here, and I have to thank uh, Glenn for uh, the the nice words he had to say about me. I'm certainly uh, glad to hear that. And... um, I'm expecting my paycheck for that soon. <laughs> well, how about a beer or two? That's good enough. <laughs> and, you know, it is it is fun. I mean, I uh, one of the reasons that I have you know, several comments here and there uh, has something to do with the fact that I'm doing indoor air stuff for almost 40 years <laughs> or something very closely related to it, you know, occupational health, industrial hygiene, indoor air. And that's the problem you have when you have these old guys like me around. <laughs> they have seen a lot. We love it. And I'm glad, I, and I'm glad I, 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 I really started in this business when it, when it started. I, I went to school before OSHA was established in 1970. I started in 1968. Interestingly, Dr. Korn, who later on became Assistant Secretary of Labor, he um, recruited me to the Graduate School of Public Health, and I learned a lot from him. And uh, I will have to talk to him because I want him to be on the show also. And I'm sure he has quite a, uh, a few interesting things to say. Dieter, if I had asked you in 1968, can you imagine yourself sitting on a telephone uh, in your office, speaking on a radio show that's broadcast over something called the Internet that reaches the entire world. <laughs> Could you imagine the reaction you had it, right? I mean, uh, it, it, it's mine. I worked on one of the first IBM computers in the world at the University of Pittsburgh. I had one of the first calculators. Remember? One more brain. I have an abacus always on my desk to remind me that somebody was a hell of a lot smarter than I was <laughs> 2,000 years ago. <laughs> All right. Glenn, do you want to bring in uh, anybody else? I've got, uh, yeah, uh, we've got uh, guest number three. We've got a surprise guest here. Uh, I'd like to introduce everybody here, if I'm not mistaken. We've got Don Manger, the executive director of the Restoration Industry Association. Don, you there for us? 
Yes, I am. Hi, Cliff. Hi, Joe. Congratulations. Thanks, Don. Uh, thank thanks. you, Don. Good to have you. 100 episodes. Now, I was about to say 100 years, but somebody else already made that mess up, I understand. <laughs> I'll tell you what. The fact that you had the vision to create a show like this was an absolute gift to the, to the industry. It's, uh, it's, uh, you have filled a void, and you, set the, you really have set the pace for a lot of other people to follow. And you need to be complimented on that, as well as on your host for today's show. Yeah, we appreciate those Thank kind you, words. Yeah. And we appreciate the uh, support of the RIA in helping us put together one of my favorite shows, The Donnybrook. You've got to go right. back to that one. If you the haven't series. heard The Donnybrook, uh, there was a series on that. It was excellent. It is. Pete Consigli has just done, he had a terrific uh, dream for this, and he really made it come together well. And it's, uh, we've carried it now through three major events at RIA uh, to get even the outlying views on how to dry a building up there and open to public debate and out of the back rooms where they, uh, some of those debates used to, be, used to be occurring. You know, Don, as a fellow association executive, you and I both know that Live communication about industry issues is, is something that usually only happens at an annual meeting or a or similar type of event. Have you seen that impact on IAQ radio on the, on the industry in that it's helped to bring issues to the forefront faster and get people talking, communicating more quickly on issues? Absolutely. Particularly, I've noticed that when people have something they want to get across, they uh, uh, mediums like this, and particularly IAQ radio, are uh, extremely important. In fact, I uh, I owe a great debt to Cliff and Joe for uh, putting this on their pro on the program on February 16, 2007, when we rebranded RIA from ASCR. It uh, gave us uh, a lot of impact uh, to complement the mailings that we had sent out, as well as the news releases. All right, well, Don, thank you very much for coming in and uh, saying a few words of congratulations to these guys. We appreciate it, and I'm sure that we're going to be hearing from a lot of RIA members on future episodes of IAQ Radio. Yeah, we're it's looking, to, yeah, we're yeah, looking to see it, Don, a couple of weeks at the RIA event in uh, Baltimore. Thank you, Don. It will be. It's going to be one of the best we did. Thank what you are, very what much. What are the dates on that, Don? Uh, uh, Don? November 19th to the 21st Fantastic. in Baltimore. And just go to www.restorationindustry.org, and all the information is there. Uh, it will be one of the most, probably one of the most important sessions we've ever done. Fantastic. Well, I'll see you in Baltimore in November. All right. Look forward to it. Thank you, Glenn. All right, guys. Have we got uh, some more break material, or are we going to go back into the show? Let's get back at it. All right. Dieter, is he, are you still on the line with us, or has Dieter gone to mute? He is muted. We unmuted him. There we go. Here's Brian. I'm, I'm uh, unmuted. I, I can hear you, and I, and I guess you can hear me. I can, I can. Well, I, I just wanted to um, I wanted to ask a question, uh, and I thought it might be something that you might want to comment on, too. It's a real simple question. What? You talk I, about I, I'm afraid already. No, you, <laughs> Joe and Cliff have talked about you know so many of the wonderful guests who've come on here. Um, but what really what what were, were some of your favorite moments from the show? Uh, for first with Dieter, and then I want to go around to Cliff and Joe as well. What were your favorite moments? Something that really sticks out. Well, uh, probably uh, you know I got into that building science uh, matter. Uh, about five years ago, and I certainly was not an expert. On the contrary, I was a, a, a beginner. 
And um, it is interesting to have learned from the people like Joe uh, Seabrook or Seaburek, the way I pronounce it correctly, by the way. Uh, <laughs> um, and I have found how, how often engineering, very basic engineering princip principles are applicable uh, to uh, some of the issues and to, you know, for some of the solutions which we are seeking. And that makes me, that makes me feel good. And, uh, and I understand it, and it apparently these aspects are not being taught in the School of Engineering and in architectural schools. And it's, it's probably because it, it appears to be so simple and unfortunately also easily overlooked. All right. Joe, what about you? Or Cliff, what about you? Favorite moment from the show? I think that... Um, I'm not sure whether this is most favorite or, or whatever, but certainly the, the most profound. Uh, Joe and I were, were discussing it this morning before the show. You know, we had, we've actually had two guests that untimely passed away, and we had the opportunity to interview them uh, on the radio show and preserve and memorialize, you know, their thoughts and, and their comments, and they were Bill Yobe and Phil McLaughlin, and I think that to me was something pretty important, not only for them, but for their families, and I think for the industry, and so on and so forth, because those guys will not be forgotten. No, they won't, and um, there were a couple of, you know, there, there were a couple surprises for me, Glenn, where, where shows were, I wasn't sure how they were going to come off, and uh, one was an MD, Dr. Zelikoff, and uh, he discussed avian flu and some of the issues with avian flu and some of the misconceptions with avian flu and some of the controversy. And I, that was one of the shows that kind of sticks out in my mind. And there was another one when we had a gentleman by the name of Dale Stewart on, who is an expert on terrorism and uh, just uh, not necessarily always just terrorism, but self-awareness, I guess, more than anything. And, and to this day, I, I, this morning when I was leaving the hotel, I started to think about the fact that, you know, we walk around this world in a daze a lot of times and we don't realize what the hell's going on around us. And he made me think about that quite a bit. And uh, I, I thought that was a show that was really good and, and made me think, you know, I, I used to be in the uh, martial arts business and, and I used to think I was pretty aware of what was going on around me. And after that show, I just uh, realized that I'm not as aware as I, I used to think I was. That's really interesting. Now, I believe we've got a guest on line one. And before we move into some new set of questions here, why don't we bring line one guest on? And if I'm not mistaken, I can introduce Mr. Carl Grimes. Carl, how are you? I'm doing great. Congratulations to Cliff and Joe and Dieter. Um, I have to confess that uh, not only didn't I think that you could ever make a hundred episodes, but not years, but episodes. <laughs> but, uh, Joe, when you first told me that you're going to do this, I have to confess my, my first and immediate thought was, uh, what? <laughs> That'll never fly. <laughs> but I have to tell you, I've got a history of not picking successes. Like when I was involved in computers, when they first came out, Dieter was talking about his uh, first IBM, he predates me a little bit on that, but I had one of the first home-type computers that didn't have a screen. You had to read the blinking lights in binary, even. 
But so when Apple Computer came out, I thought, that'll never fly. What a ridiculous name, you know, that kind of thing. So I kind of put you guys in, in that category of one of the my great misjudgments. Uh, uh, I, and I still haven't learned that if I have a strong negative reaction to that, at the, you know, initially, that maybe that's a clue that I ought to reconsider it. The boy, <laughs> Carl, are there any stocks for you guys? Are there any stocks that you particularly don't recommend buying? <laughs> I, I'll never say, I'll never tell anybody what it is anymore because it always make uh, make a fool out of myself here. Yeah, but wait um, a minute now, Carl. You don't give yourself enough credit because I have a very distinct memory. All right, maybe you didn't think we were going to make it, but once we got rolling, you gave me. Uh, a little pep talk at one time. You probably don't even remember it. And um, it was a book you had read about how, you know, once things get started, they start to build and build and build. And and you actually kind of saw the future there, Carl. Well, you're right. I don't remember it. But I have poor judgment and poor memory, I, both, I guess. But I, 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 I'm so honored to be, uh, I've been on your show before and to be included today. Uh, I have a question, though. You've kind of touched on it a little bit. Where, uh, Glenn kind of went that direction, and Joe, you were talking about, uh, you know, the, some for the for the profound moments. But I'd like to ask you a little bit more personally. I know both uh, all three of you, in fact, uh, uh, actually Cliff probably the longest. But you all have strong opinions. You're very intelligent. You're very involved in the industry. And uh, you're curious, which I think, you know, is a, a important criteria to make this, this show a success. But getting to your beliefs and opinions, you talked about how the two of you especially are, have, are kind of polar extremes on some things. What has, what has changed your mind about something that you thought that was just a really solid belief or a really solid opinion and because of the diversity of guests that you've had, um, something has just changed what you think. Well, I can I can start on that one, Carl. I, I think Dr. Shoemaker had a pretty strong effect on me. Um, I I've always been a little bit of a doubter about the the biotoxin theory, I guess, and um, you know he. He was looked at in the industry for a long time as kind of a, well, but not by everybody, but by a certain part of the industry as out there on the fringe. And when we interviewed him, I just didn't get that impression he was out there on the fringe. And, and it seems to me that now the industry is starting to recognize some of his, you know, some of his work has a lot of merit. And, and what's really what's really kind of driven that home for me is then talking to people like Dr. Ouellette and Dr. Sublet who are not out on the fringe. They were former AAAAI, American Academy of Allergy, Asthma, and Immunology, so I don't get the acronym, please, um, board members and so on. And, uh, you know, they're, they're also thinking that there's something to some of these theories he has. I'm not saying he's right on the money, but I think he's got some really interesting uh, work he's doing, and it's, it's changed my mind on some things. I think that um, I think sometimes I'm pessimistic, and, and when I hear something, I always wonder, what is the person's motivation? 
And, you know, in dealing with Joe and in dealing with other guests that I've had on the show, I know that they didn't have any monetary motivation whatsoever. <laughs> you can bet on that. They, they weren't selling anything. So the bottom line was they actually had a true belief. And that, you know, I think kind of opened my mind, you know, to, you know, to looking at, at certain things. And I, I think that I've probably softened some on multi-chemical sensitivity and, uh, you know, indoor-related illnesses and, 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 and so on and so forth. I was pretty hardcore before, and I think I've uh, become a little bit more open-minded there. Uh, Dieter, do you have a comment? Is he, uh, is he unmuted? He is now. Uh, okay. N not really. I'm, like I said, I learned, I learned so much from many of the guests and uh, who presented their views and, 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 and knowledge in a very nice and understandable way. And like I said, it's, uh, I'm always glad to say at the end of the show, my God, I learned something. And it's something that I, like Joe said, it, it made me think. I said, wow, I never even heard it in that context. So uh, there, there were a lot uh, uh, of people. Uh, Mac was one of them who... Uh, uh, gave a wonderful presentation on a very, very difficult subject, and I was laughing, and I was understanding it. And he's a great guy, too. So it, it's really the, the, the overall experience, and I think that's probably one of the reasons why the show is as successful or, uh, and, and, uh, as it is. Thank you, all of you. And, again, um, congratulations, and I look forward to another 100 episodes. Uh, Plus, I hope, and uh, keep it going. And as Andy Off says, get her done. <laughs> well, Carl, Carl before, you, before you get off, I can tell you that there's one thing with regards to the show and the newspaper, the IE Connections, that you and Glenn have in common. Uh, you've both gotten the hair on the back of my neck <laughs> to stand up when uh, you know you, you wrote the article in, in the magazine and, and mentioning your father's experience with DDT and growing up. And uh, I think one time uh, Glenn was on the phone on the the, the show and uh, made some negative comments towards DDT as well. But those were uh, those were moments that certainly got my attention and got my blood pressure to rise a little bit. So he's still a little hardcore on DDT. <laughs> <laughs> I was looking for a cure for bed bugs. I wanted DDT. I, I, I hear you. Well, I have some if you want. <laughs> I have bed bugs. It was for a neighbor. I swear. Uh, uh, well, thank you so much, Carl, for for uh, for joining us today and offering your congratulations. Well, uh, you guys ready to move on to some other questions? Sure, absolutely. Yeah. absolutely. All right. Well, good. You know, Carl is a, uh, a guest who, when he came on, um, uh, at least for one of his occasions or two of them. He was talking about some pretty controversial stuff. He had really stuck his neck out there in the industry and, and drawn a line in, in the sand and, and taken a stand. And you've had a lot of other uh, kind of opinionated and, and outspoken people. Now, i got to tell you, when, when I saw the, the, the announcement the first time you were having Dr. Joe Steebrook on the show, I was so excited. And it's not because he's one of the most brilliant minds in building science, which, in fact, he is. It's because he's incredibly outspoken and I had just had him speak at the Indoor Air Quality Association's annual meeting. He did uh, kind of a keynote address for about two hours and even though it was one of the most informative 
well-received, highly rated programs IAQA has ever run. There were F-bombs dropping in that ballroom, like <laughs> droppings on a boardwalk in the middle of the summer. So when he came on your show, I was excited because I was like, wow, this is going to be some really interesting stuff here. They're going to have to have a bleep button on IAQ radio. But he didn't. He didn't play your show, Blue, and I don't know how you managed that. But I know there have been some times where guests have said something that oh, maybe you found a little embarrassing or there were some kind of bloopers that caused you to squirm. Tell me about some of those moments. Well, I can tell you about the blooper, and it was actually one thing that never went on the radio. Joe and I and my son Zach were getting ready to do one of our pre-recorded shows. And actually, uh, I was trying to uh, talk about Radio Joe in the possessive, and I meant to say Radio Joes, and I said Radio Jews. <laughs> and you know, Zach and I burst out laughing and so on and so forth. But that was my one blooper that fortunately never got on the radio. Oh, do you have that? Uh, uh, hang on a second. The wingman may have it. He may oh, have boy. it. Here, wait a second. Oh. He may not. I, while he's looking for that, Glenn, I, How about you, I think we've been really fortunate in that regard. I mean, I don't know what it is. Um, before we bring guests on, we tell them, you know, it's, it's a G-rated show, yeah, but we're, we don't tell them, you know, you can't. Uh, use profanity or anything like that, but uh, you know we leave it up to them to kind of monitor themselves, and um, we really haven't had a problem. And, and the other thing we tell them that I think kind of gets them thinking twice is this will this will be memorialized forever. It's uh, you know it's it's recorded. It will be available forever, and I think that makes people think twice. Uh, he has. You the tell them your mothers are going to listen to this show after you're done. <laughs> right, right, right. I guess he wants to play his clip now. Go ahead, Chris. Go ahead. Good day, wherever you're listening from, and welcome to Indoor Air Quality Radio, IAQ Radio. My name is Cliff Zlotnick, or the Z-Man, and here with me today in Studio B in Coriopolis, Pennsylvania, is my son, Zach Zlotnick, our son. Yes, I'm here. <laughs> you can contact me at cliffzlotnick at unsmoked.com. You can contact Radio Jude. <laughs> <laughs> I never heard that before. It got me mid-golf. <laughs> All right. I'm calling my rabbi. You call yours. I, I, I will. I will. I will. On this one, okay? Right. <laughs> that's a, that's a, good, a very good one there. All right. Let's turn this a little more serious now, guys. You guys both came into the show with decades of experience. I mean, you've been in the trenches. You have hands-on experiences. You've been in disaster sites. You've been in... in, in all kinds of, of places, hospitals, schools, commercial buildings, homes. It's amazing what you guys have done. But tell me, how has the program and hosting the program increased your own knowledge and your own understanding of indoor air quality? Joe uh, first. Okay. I've learned so much about it. I, it's just fascinating to me. I go back and I listen to every show afterwards. And I try to write down what people, you know, I don't write it down, but I write the time, and then I put a little note about what they were, dis on, you know, what they were discussing, and then I have these little clips I use. But uh, I think what fascinates me is how many people are working on similar issues, and, and they just don't know it. And, um, you know, that's, that's been something that's really been fascinating to me. And, and, and also, I think it's been interesting to learn that 
a lot of these pioneers like Dieter and, and, and like Lloyd Weaver and others, you know, they, and even, you know, Joe Stebrook, he always goes, looks for the oldest guy, you know, to ask him a question. A lot of this stuff has been known for years and years. And, it, and sometimes we act like we're recreating the wheel. And, uh, I'm finding that through working with these people who have been in the industry for years and years, they just have a, a ton of great information. Thad Goddish was another good example. Uh, a gentleman by the name of Peter Sirk who was on the show had some, uh, some really good information. And I learned about a, a whole new field that I didn't know existed, biology. What the hell, you know, what's biology? Um, interesting stuff. So I guess it's just broadened my horizons, Glenn. And Cliff, how about you? How's the program increased your knowledge and understanding of well, IAQ? I think for me, there are time management issues. And because everyone only has a limited amount of time, uh, we tend to, you know, do, you know, the research that I would do generally is going to support my existing opinion. And what the show's done is it's forced me to broaden that because I've had guests that didn't agree with me or guests that have enlightened me into, you know, new areas. So I feel that now I know a little bit of about many more subjects than I did before. So it's been a great experience for me. You know, Glenn, a little earlier, you, you mentioned uh, Carl and his, uh, his show, and, and that's something I want to, I want to point out, too. It, it kind of ties into this question. You really learn on this show there's two sides to every story. And um, Carl had a big issue with the way the IICRC S520 was being developed, and uh, we followed that closely. Him and Elisa Larkin had a, an appeal, and uh, we we had them on, and we were, we were pretty rough on IICRC there for a while. But what, and they couldn't really respond because they were in the middle of, you know, trying to get this ANSI accredited standard written. And then right. right after it was done, we brought Larry Cooper and Michael Bowden on the show. And by the way, I should mention some of the attorneys we had on the show, Larry, Michael Bowden, and, and we've had Ed Cross, Ed Cross and uh, well, uh, Green, Cross, Governo, uh, Marianne Brown. We've, we've had a bunch. And, you know, I was really happy after that show that we, we had brought Larry on and we had brought Michael on. And we got both sides of the story out, and that, that made me feel good. You know, I don't think by any means we were soft on Carl. I think we asked Carl uh, some pretty tough questions and questions that, you know, had been raised in the industry and, you know, what motivated him to do this and, you know, why was he doing it and, you know, who was behind it and who was financing it and so on and so forth. So, uh, you know, I think that, uh, you know, he handled himself very, very well, but uh, we certainly weren't throwing him softballs underhand. No. You, you absolutely didn't. Actually, you asked him some 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 really hot, tough questions. I was surprised by by the tenacity of some of the questions you asked, and I think that's one of the things that I love about IAQ Radio. Um, a lot like um, IAQ Connections, you you're not afraid to go places where other people won't go. Right. You're not afraid to bring up topics, the 800 uh, pound gorilla in the room, if you will, uh, and put it right out in front of everybody's face and do it in a way that shows both sides. And I, I, I think I think that's you know, extremely admirable, and it's probably why the show is as popular as it is. Now, I want we've got a few minutes left here to wrap it down, but I've got a couple more I want to hit you with. Sure. First one I want to talk to you about is, is the show itself. And, you know, it's such a, tr a tremendous resource to people in the industry. And when you launched this show, the cost came right out of your guys' pockets. I mean, straight out. And as time moved on, you've lined up some advertisers and some sponsors. I know that helps to defray some of the costs. Tell me a little bit about how that program of advertisers and sponsors came about. 
some of the criteria for bringing those folks in and, and how they support the show. Well, what I'd like to do is give you the beginning of it, and then I'll let Joe kind of follow up. Probably initially, you know, we might have dreamt of having advertisers, but we never really thought that it would happen. When we did our first show, what happens is TalkShoe, the primary income source for, for doing this is they sell these Google ads. So they actually uh, make money on, on the advertising. And I remember uh, them telling us, and that this, this was phenomenal, that when it, came to, uh, when it came to attorneys that represent injured people, I think Google paid $75 for a, for a mention of that. So, you know, all these people would buy these Google ads for, for placement. And we did our first show, and the people that popped up for Google advertising were actually embarrassing to Joe and I. And they were people within the, and they would be embarrassing to you, Glenn, as well. So these are people in the industry we really didn't want to be associated with. And we realized after the first show that if this was, if we were going to be successful in doing it, we really needed to limit the people that could advertise on the show. We, we needed to have some sort of control over it, or else Joe and I and you and other people would be tinged with uh, this, the seediness that we really wanted to get away from. That's a, that's a great point. And, and actually, we had to pay uh, TalkShoe. And still pay to, And still pay them to this day not to put Google ads on our site, you know, on our page on their site. Uh, as far as how we get new advertisers, uh, we're very we're very slow to move in that area. Um, they have to be companies we we have worked with and that we recognize are reputable within the industry. And uh, oftentimes they will they will uh, be people that we've either approached or worked with in the past and we're comfortable with. And and we're somewhat selective to be honest with you. We don't just let anybody advertise on the show or we'd have a whole row of, uh, well, we'd have a bunch of Google ads. Right, <laughs> right. So, and, and actually, um, what some people may not realize is TalkShoe not only collects money from their Google ads, but they pay the other people who do shows. So they were going to pay us as well. They give the the hosts a split of that Google advertising. And Correct. We turned it down. We didn't want it. Well, that's, 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 I never knew that, and that's uh, that's very admirable. It really is, because I know that could probably have been pretty lucrative. Hey, listen, I realize we're getting down to the wire here. I've got two questions, though, that are very important, and I'm going to go right into the first one. You guys have an obviously very successful formula here. The show's popular. It's an undeniable success. What are your plans for the future? What are your goals? What are we going to see over the next 100 episodes of IQ Radio? You know, one of the things that I personally struggle with, and I think you mentioned it a little bit earlier, and Don Manger mentioned it a little bit earlier, you know, it's, uh, you know, next week, or I'm sorry, in two weeks, I'm going to be driving down to Baltimore. Fortunately, I can drive there. I don't have to deal with airports. I don't have to deal with uh, reductions in flights and, and reductions in comfort and, and higher expenses in, in terms of traveling. But, you know, one of the things that I would like to see with the show is more partnerships with uh, trade associations in terms of delivering uh, top-notch information via this medium because it's much less expensive than everyone gathering around and uh, you know we could really you know put together uh, incredible programming in terms of, of training and then have the ability to archive it so that's one of the things that that I see I see the trade association model somehow changing yeah, I'd, I'd second that. I, I really think that's something we'll be looking to do. I also think my personal 
passion is that I would like to find a way to get this show to help get young people interested in, in science and in, in building sciences in, in, and in the trades. Um, and these, the way you get them interested is you show them the direct applicability to the real world they live in. And that's not too hard when you're talking building sciences and indoor air quality and disaster restoration. And I'm still working on and trying to figure out ways that we can get more young people involved in this industry because, you know, Cliff and I aren't getting any younger here. And, and I've noticed our industry isn't exactly uh, getting any younger. And I think that's a common theme throughout, you know, the trades, but also in, in the sciences. I don't think people realize how much science there is involved within these industries. So that would be my goal. Well, I hope that you guys are successful in those goals. I know that you'll be successful um, in, in this show, and I know this show has a long future. I'm going to wrap up with one final question, and then we can uh, go to the roundup, or if you guys want to play some clips, I'll leave that to your discretion. My final question for you. As a, as a publisher and as an executive director of an association, uh, I've been in that line of work for almost 20 years now, I know that the lifeblood of a publication is its readership, I know the lifeblood of an organization is its membership, and the lifeblood of your show is your listenership. So without them, this show wouldn't be possible. What message would you like to offer those guys and gals out there in the closing minutes of the show? I think, number one, get involved. You know, uh, We have the opportunity to either have people talk live or for people to text in and uh, that's something, and we, 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 I don't think we've ever had a text request that we didn't honor. We, we generally uh, give priority uh, to those questions. Uh, in certain situations, we may not ask it immediately because it's, there's a, another part of the show where we know that would be more appropriate. But uh, tell us what you want. Tell us what guests you'd like to see. Tell us what subjects. You know, we listen, and we've told you from the very first show, we've asked you, uh, tell us what you want, and we'll try to deliver it. I, I would second that as well, Cliff. That's that's a great uh, great comment. Um, I'd, I'd just like to thank them for listening. It's just it really makes it all worthwhile. I mean, we, you mentioned we we don't make any money on this show. We're we're lucky if we're breaking even. Maybe someday we will. And and we certainly have a treasure trove of archived materials that uh, we do have some plans for. But um, what I really appreciate is when I go to to conventions or and you know, I was up at uh, was a thing called summer camp throwing horseshoes with a guy and, and you know he's he, I had a shirt on that said radio Joe my wife bought me and he said uh, radio Joe I'm throwing horseshoes with radio Joe and I was like yeah you know and it, it just feels good when people mention it and then when they at least tell us how much they appreciate the show and, and that's what really makes this show worth doing the feedback we get from the listeners so I, I think I just want to second what Cliff said and Please give us feedback when you can. It really helps. Joe, we're celebrities in our own minds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in our own minds is correct. I, no, it's just... oh, you know, I once, uh, 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 a friend and colleague, Bob Krell, once said something to me. He said, it's easy to get famous in the IQ world. It's just hard to make money. Uh, yeah, <laughs> there, it is, there right. you go. That's there well said. All right, well, guys, I want to thank you so much for the privilege and the honor of, of uh, interviewing you uh, on this year 100th anniversary show. I want to congratulate you once again for what a great contribution you've made to the indoor air quality and disaster restoration industries. And I'm going to turn the rest of the show over to you guys and Chris. You know, play some clips, bring Dieter on, do a roundup. Uh, but, again, thank you for the opportunity. It's been a pleasure today. 
Thank you, Glenn. I think we'll, we'll probably just wrap things up real quick, but I, I, I do have a final comment that I'd like to make. Uh, but before we do, let, let's thank our sponsors one more time because without them, the show probably wouldn't have made it as long as it has. Legends Environmental Insurance Services, the experts in insurance for environmental consultants and contractors for over 20 years at legends-enviro.com. Microband Systems, the microbial management company at microbandsystems.com. Our first sponsor, Indoor Environment Connections, the newspaper for the IEQ industry. Subscriptions and advertising information available at ieconnections.com. Dryease Products, providing equipment for drying water-damaged homes and buildings. Dryease is first in drying solutions at dri-eaz.com. Okay. And John Don Products, where restoration and abatement contractors shop at johndon.com. Cliff, any final comments before we roll? No, I would just, again, like to thank Glenn for being our first sponsor, you know, for the faith in us <laughs> and for the friendship uh, that you've shown us. I'd just like to quickly mention some other uh, people that I, I didn't really get a chance to mention. We had gone through some things. Um, you know, we've had some interesting shows. So there were some current event shows. We mentioned Sharon Kramer, but uh, we also had a, a lady by the name of Nancy Seats on from HAD, the Homeowners Against Efficient Dwellings. Um, we had the drying debate. We had Joe Arrigo on on some current events, and uh, Joe's kind of a pioneer out there that has done some things uh, to help with the insurance uh, industry and, and try and help keep them more accountable. Uh, we've had people on, uh, Marlene Linders was on talking about RM, uh, MRSA. Uh, we've, we've had some shows with media people like Jeff Cross and uh, Megan Headley and others, and I want to make sure we John say Downey. thanks to them. John Downey. Um, we had the call to action, which was a bit controversial, but uh, it went well. That was with the IAQA and IAQ Council. That was an interesting uh, show, and uh, we had a great response, by the way. And we actually got something done there. Uh, we've talked about disposophobia with uh, Ron Alford and, and insurance issues in the plan. We've had people on uh, trauma scene cleanup and people helping with business information like Paul Cochran and uh, so on. So uh, the last group I want to make sure we thank are the industry people who came in, like Tommy Acabellis, uh, former president of IAQA. Uh, Glenn Fellman, of course, Bob Baker, I can't forget Bob Baker, uh, Brad Coleman from NADCA, and uh, Tim Hoysert, of course, our, our good friend, and I'm sure you Don have Manger and Pete Consigli Don, from the RA. Absolutely. Uh, we want to thank all of those people. We really want to thank uh, Dr. Dietrich Weil, who, um, Dieter doesn't get paid to help us on the show, you know, he's, he dials in and, and hangs in there with us every week on his own time, and uh, we really appreciate that. I really want to thank the wingman, Chris Boisel, for all of his help over the past year or so. Of course, my co-host, Cliff Zlotnick, who's uh, I've gotten to know really well over the past two years. And I guess most importantly, we want to thank our growing group of loyal listeners. Please come back and you know join us again next Friday at noon for the next broadcast of IAQ Radio. <laughs>